this is episode 673 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Wednesday, August 28th, 2019. I'm your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'll be talking about Wreckfest. I'm gonna wreck it. I'm gonna wreck it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And that's pretty much it. News-wise, I saw that Telltale is apparently being revived in some form. By, I forget the name of the company, LCG or something. Uh, they bought the assets, the, the assets that were left over. So I guess they still have their license deals with um, Batman and The Wolf Among Us. And then they have the original stuff they did, like Puzzle Agents and, and the like. Puzzle Agent. There are no Puzzle Agents. I mean, there could be Puzzle Agents. I don't know. But there's there's a Puzzle Agent, at least. And I don't know what other original stuff they did outside of that. So uh, their, their work with Borderlands and, uh, I mean, The Walking Dead is Skybound now. But um, what else did they do? Guardians of the Galaxy, Game of Thrones, Minecraft. And I think there's one other one that I can't remember. All those deals are up in there, I guess. I would assume that they're just completely dead as far as I know. <laughs> I'm I'm doing a horrible job with this race. <laughs> but yeah, that news happened, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, I, I didn't see anything else that really jumped out at me. Control came out, which surprised me. Or just it snuck up on me. I kept forgetting that control was coming out. But it came out. And I really want to play that game. But I'm not going to anytime soon because I am this close, and when I mean this close, I mean I'm practically in the checkout. This close to picking up an analog Sega, or I always want to call it Sega MG, Mega SG and Super NT. So the analog Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis consoles. Now I don't have any SNES games, but I would like to get some, and I've been keep I've been eyeing them for a while so buying that console without having any games would not be the wisest decision you might say and and you would say that accurately however the reason why I would pick them both up at the same time is because the shipping is pretty ridiculous it's close to $40 and the shipping doesn't go up all that much, if at all, when you add a second console. So I might as well just save the 40 bucks in the future and get it now. Especially, like, I, I, I want to play Super Nintendo games. And yes, I have the SNES Classic. But, like, uh, I, don't, I don't like it all that much. I, I would like to also be able to uh, play in 1080p as opposed to 720, not that it's a huge difference, and especially with games like that, it doesn't make the biggest difference. But I, I would like to be able to play the games on what is essentially the original hardware, you know, as close as you can get, and have it all fancy. And, yeah, so I'm very close to getting that. It's just, you know, it's a big, it's a big initial cost. And it's something like, oh, if, if I had, if the Patreon was like twice what it is now, I'd just be like, okay, the Patreon's paying for that. But where the Patreon is right now, it's just like, you know, it, it helps. It definitely helps, but 
Yeah, because like part of it is too to create content. You know, I, I have a lot of Genesis games, and I have a lot of Genesis games that aren't in any collections that I'd rather just play my cartridge of as opposed to doing the the emulation thing. You know, there's certain games that yes, I will resort to emulation because I'm not paying three hundred dollars for this game or that game. Just not gonna happen. But um. I want to play my copy of True Lies really badly and Scooby-Doo Mystery and Hyperstone Heist and all that jazz. So I'm very close to that. You know, the Polymega is something that will never come out. I don't know what's going on with the Polymega and the Intel thing. Like I was reading some stories that said, yeah, Samsung is going to help in fourth quarter 2020 with the chip issue with intel they're gonna help them produce their chips or whatever like if they're predicting to have a shortage up until then then who knows when polymega will come up on the list you know, they're not high on the list for organ donors in this case the organ being chips so i'm not so confident about wh when that comes out but i mean that is still interesting because it can play cd-based games you can play the NES because there's no, and I mean I think there's some HD NES things, but um, the NT Mini is no longer in production, and there may be who, there could be in the future a new revision of the NT that is just HDMI only, again like the the, the Super NT and the Mega SG, as opposed to having you know the analog output and all that. Um, and it would be plastic build instead of an aluminum build like the newer models uh, for a cheaper price and all that so I mean there could be another go with that in the future I don't know that's something Polymega does as well as uh, Turbo Graphics and uh, Neo G I, well, yeah the CD based stuff so um, that's something that makes that much more interesting but I hate I'm going to sit talk about Wreckfest in a while because there's some stupid stuff I hate about this crap. And if you're watching the video, you could, you could have just seen it. But I, I'm very close to picking those up because I like to create content for those. And I think what's cool is that uh, the Super NT comes with Super Turrican Director's Cut. Just the first one, I think. Or it may, it, I think it may come with both Turrican games but the first one is like the director's cut, whatever that is. And then the Mega SG comes with some unreleased game called, I don't know if it's called Hostage or something. Something something with a, an H. Something H-O, something Ho-ish. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, they're also cute little systems. They're nice. And I mean, even if I did want to still get the Polymega, regardless of, you know, the fact that the, the Sega and... SNES ability of it wouldn't be as valuable because I would have options, other options. It still can do other things and it's just uh, like, I, I'm assuming because it's emulation based and everything. Like, well, another thing is there are no safe states or whatever in um, the analog systems because they're not software emulation or any of that jazz. But um you can't do like little patches or whatever so 
if you're playing a game that was uh, or that has a fan translation that's not going to show up or that that's not going to be able to be used but in the polymega i think you were able to do stuff like that but i'm not entirely sure i know it has stuff like hd packs for nes games which they showed off the one for metroid i think which looked terrible i wouldn't want to play it with that particular hd pack it wasn't an ideal looking thing but yeah that that's all something that might happen and there is also a potential future new series in addition to all the other crap i've talked about I just joked around with it, but I also thought at the same time that it was kind of a good, cool idea. Um, if you are a fan of paranormal stuff, uh, you may be a listener of Pixelated Paranormal, one of the podcasts that Pixelated Sausage uh, is home to, hosted by Sean and Preston. And I believe Steven is still a host. I don't know. I never listened to it because I'm not a paranormal person, but I'm not. Uh, against the occasional paranormal game. And there are a lot of pee sounds, which the mic, I'm sure, is loving all the pees. But I was joking with him, kind of, but also somewhat seriously, and he was definitely in it with uh, Sean, that it could be kind of fun to do a little crossover series where we play paranormal video games and then talk about them. And so that may be happening in the future i don't know i'm into the idea he's into the idea he was looking into like whoa what video games could we do and stuff like that and also like paranormal i i I asked him what does paranormal encompass like how loose of a term is it like how wide of a selection can we choose from and he listed off a bunch of things that made me way more excited because I, i was pretty sure that paranormal is a pretty not open-ended term, but it, it was a, a big umbrella, a wide umbrella. And he said that, you know, to him, a game like Bioshock is a paranormal game. And that is, you know, enough for me to see. Like, yep, that's my jam. So that may be happening, though any kind of date or time when that would be happening, I can't say. I just wanted to put that out there because that could be fun. <laughs> what is this? No, uh, it just randomly brought up the talk-to-speech thing. So as you know, I'm still playing games while recording the podcast, and I hope it's not been too annoying or distracting or anything like that. This is definitely a skill that one has to learn and gets better at with uh, time, especially trying to just talk in general while also putting attention towards a game and not just talking about the game that they're playing or interacting with an audience like I've mentioned in the past. So it's something that I I really want to learn. I want to get better at. I think it's beneficial to the video version of the show. And I feel like going to this format as opposed to having me on cam, I feel more comfortable. I may pause more here and there as I get whatever flustered confused by what i'm doing on screen or i have to just stop and think about what i'm doing if it's a more not puzzly game but just something that requires a little bit more focus but i think overall this is done uh it's it's been a positive step for the the podcast and i've been excited ever since i started doing it the only problem is really that 
since I render out the video in the highest quality possible. I don't do like the super max render quality settings or whatever Premiere does, which like take, I don't know, like 12 hours or something to do a video. But I do it at the the bit rate that the videos are in. I, I render them at their their original source bit rate, which is 40,000, like I said. And that takes, depending on the, the length of an episode, probably about two hours. And then I upload it which takes fuck with my five up <laughs> i don't know it could take like four hours or some shit but uh there's there's no uh rush on getting the video up i mean i i, I would want to get it up ideally the same day but if that doesn't happen all the time that's okay but overall i'm happy with this new format and setup and i hope you are too and and maybe this will get you to check out the video more so that you can see the game or games I'm talking about in a given episode and now with all that said having rambled on and talked about a bunch of random nonsense for the entirety of this episode so far and not the actual game that I have been playing both during this podcast and just in general so I got a code for Wreckfest on the Xbox One and this is a game that I think it's been in like early access on PC for a while now and it I th like two years or something or maybe longer it's, it's a, a game that's been on my radar for a, a long time because I enjoy the destruction derbies in the past and I am someone who was a big fan of vehicular destruction and just seeing a, a car get smashed to pieces I really enjoy that I, I like seeing the car models just I, I think there's a, a lot of coolness that can be found in just seeing how smashed up a car can get the the many variations of destruction that you can see on a car and that is something that wreckfest definitely delivers the wrecking part of wreckfest is great the racing part is not always the best in particular whenever you have any kind of race or event whether it's a destruction derby event or anything at all that involves anything other than cars it feels like shit. It feels—it's—it's the worst controlling. I mean, that's an exaggeration. It's not the worst controlling racer uh, at all in this case. But there are some events where you are riding on lawnmowers or on couches, motorized couches, and these events are there. They exist to be amusing little tangents. Like, oh, isn't this silly? We're all on lawnmowers. We're all on couches. They could have one maybe in the later event or whatever where we're all on um, toilets or whatever. And it'll be so funny. Sure, look at you when you are on the lawnmowers or on the couches and you flip over. Then you see the driver tumble as well. And isn't it? It's just so silly and, and great, isn't it? The best. It's kind of silly and kind of funny for the first 15 seconds or so. But then it gets a bit tiring, in part because every driver looks exactly the same. You can't customize your driver in any way, so they're all wearing the same black suit and white or black helmet, and that's it. There's no variation there. And it just, the controls are so loose, and you're sliding all over the place. Even if you turn on all the assists and, like, you know, stability control, traction, whatever, they still don't feel good. And therefore, whenever you play those events, it's not fun. 
And as funny as it may be, even if you find it funny the entire time, it doesn't matter because it's not fun to play. It doesn't matter how funny anything is. It's in the same way that stuff like Octodad or whatever, that shit doesn't work for me. It, it may be silly or it could be fun to watch, but when you have the controller in your hands, it's like, God almighty, this is just annoying the shit out of me. I wish I could actually control this like a normal game because this is just a nightmare. And that is basically what any event involving anything other than cars is in a wreck fest. So when you are in a car though, the racing feels okay. The the biggest problem with the racing is that the the hook of wreck fest is in the wrecking. I'm gonna wreck it. Uh, <laughs> and if you do well in a race and you're in the front, you're not going to see any of the destruction or partake in any of the destruction because everyone's going to be behind you. And you're not going to like, there are certain tracks where they uh, intertwine with one another so that there's a potential possibility that when you are, if you're far enough ahead and there are cars far enough behind that you could end up crossing one another. And those lead to some crazy uh, crashes, which are kind of cool. But overall, if you're in a race and you're doing well and you're in the lead, it's boring because you're not driving cars off the road. You're not seeing any crashes because like the, the AI can crash into one another too, which is nice. And if there's a stalled out car, the AI is smart enough to know to get out of the way, which is cool. But all of that is lost if you're in the lead, which is the case with any kind of racer. If you're in the lead by yourself, it's pretty boring. But I think it's exacerbated in this game because so much of the interest and like the appeal of this game is in the crashing and all that. So it, I, I find it more enjoyable to bump up the difficulty. There are three difficulty levels. I think beginner or whatever is the, the, the lowest. And then there's amateur and professional or expert. And so I prefer to play it in a higher difficulty so that I stay in the action but then you'll have a lot of races or whatever. I mean, there are certain events where it's like a, a, a cup and you have four races or whatever, and it's just who has the most points in the end. But there are plenty of events where the goal is like you, you have little like side goals in addition to your main goal that'll get you some bonus points. But in a lot of races, what you need to do is finish first. And therefore, bumping up the difficulty while it might keep you in the action and keep you seeing a lot of crazy shit, it may end up leading to you having to restart a race over and over and over again because you just miss out on first or you're just struggling to hit first. So then you lower the difficulty so that you can actually complete the races and the challenges. And then it's just not as much fun because you're no longer seen and being a part of the action. So it's this weird uh, back and forth of, well... Do I want to have fun or do I want to be able to progress in the career mode? So that's a bit annoying when it comes to the races. However, the Destruction Derby bits are a lot of fun. I've had a blast with the Destruction Derby bits. Um, you can turn on realistic destructibility, which doesn't... That's just... Um, is in terms of how the, the cars work mechanically so your cars would be bust up a, a tire or whatever and then um your car starts to like always turn to the the right or the left or it has trouble 
picking up momentum, the acceleration goes down, etc. But the, the cosmetic destruction is no different, I don't think, because I played it on, I did, I did both, and I felt like in both cases, there was plenty of um, on like cosmetic destructibility regardless of what uh, setting I had for that. But the destruction derbies are a lot of fun. I think they have some pretty cool and well set up arenas for the the races or not the the races for the derbies there's one that happens in this sort of uh domish area and it has these two like half pipes giant half pipes that you can go up and pick up speed and then come down like it i really like that particular arena or whatever you want to call it for the destruction derby but as fun as that is the, the game is only $40. It's not a $60 game, which is good. And it looks nice. And for the most part, it runs well. I've run into some bugs, but there's supposed to there's supposed to be a day one patch. If there was, I didn't get it yet. Or, I mean, it, it could have happened when I was sleeping or something. I, I don't know. But I've run into some bugs. I've only run into... I ran into one bug in particular. I've just ran into it multiple times. And I've heard reports that the game, it uh, the more you play it, the buggier it gets. And there's apparently a progress stopping ending bug with the game on Xbox where you could stop earning credits uh, during the career, which would really suck if that happens to me. So I hope that's not something I run into. But the one bug I've run into, and I don't really know how to uh, describe it because I'm not uh, well versed in all the you know visual technical termina uh, ter ter terminations, the technical terms of um, you know graphical fidelity, like issues that come up in that sense. But what I've ha what I've seen happen is that the environment in front of me, the entire screen, will just be covered by what is like a, a black-gray sheet of nothing. It's just void. It's just a giant void that once I drive through, it's fine. But that has also happened to the ground, where it's just kind of disappeared for a brief moment. And it reappears pretty quickly, but it, it disappears for a moment. And the first time it happened to me, it freaked the shit out of me. I posted a, a GIF on Twitter. It was just... I was driving, I, I made a turn, and then there was this giant wall of nothingness, and I'm like, what is, what is this, what is happening? And it freaked me out, but I've only had that happen to me a handful of times, and yeah, it's, it hasn't cropped up again since, and it hasn't cropped up during my playthrough so far, which is nice, but um... Yeah, there, there are some issues with it, uh, bug-wise, from a technical standpoint. But, like, like I said, it, it is only 40 bucks, which is nice. However, I find that the only real selling point of the game, the only thing that I would want to come back to, realistically, is the Destruction Derby aspect of the game. And to me, that's more of a $20 experience than a full... $40 experience because the racing when you're in cars the racing feels fine but 
I would much rather, if I just wanted to play a regular racer, I would much rather just play Forza or Gran Turismo or, you know, for the hell of it, I'd, I'd rather play the Need for Speed series. I know there's a new one coming out, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about regular old, uh, what you want to call it? <laughs> regular old Need for Speed. The ones that are on this console, which I find the part of this generation. So yeah, it's it's a fun game. Even the racing, the racing is fun, but it just it's missing something in in terms of what else is there outside of the Destruction Derby. And I'm sure they didn't want to just put out a Destruction Derby game because I'm 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 almost confident that most people would not be happy with a game that is just a destruction derby. They would want more meat on the bones. They would want the racing. I, on the other hand, would be fine if it was half the price and just the destruction derby bit because that's why I'm coming to this game. I'm coming to this game to crash cars and to get my car crashed and to just see cars crashing all over the place. And when that's not happening, regardless of whether it's feeling all right the racing or whatever it's still just it is not at the level of other racers but the destruction derby bits those are those are a good time uh, but that is that is pretty much all i've been playing um i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i've been playing what did i do like i was working on oh, like so much art stuff since the last episode uh, and I, I was like oh I always forget to post this stuff to Twitter or anything I'm not a fan of Instagram really I'll post something and I posted something one of the things I was doing yesterday so you can see that <laughs> that was a terrible thing I just did um, in the game I'm doing a destruction derby and I just I was going up the half pipe and I forgot to turn back down and I just went straight up and tumbled down like a moron. The Destruction Derby bits are fun. The only part of them that is not fun is when, if you end up in the final two, then it's just like this weird thing where you're either just going around in circles trying to get the last person, or they're going after you, or they're trying to, like, it just is like, it's a, a bit of a mess trying to get that final car out of the way. But it's it's cool seeing how destroyed these cars can get because you can get it down where it's just to the, I don't know car terms, the chassis or whatever, just like the main the main bit so that the the, <laughs> the, the front end and the back end are all smushed in and you're just like half a car or a third of a car, I guess you would say. It's, it's fun, like you could have no front end and you could also have like a missing wheel but you're still, you're still okay. I feel like when uh, the the damage is not set to realistic, they give you some leeway in terms of you probably shouldn't be able to still drive. But come on, we know you want to. It's cool. Let's just do it. And uh, so yeah, Wreckfest is a mixed bag. The racing is solid. You know, I I don't want to, I don't want to like discourage people from the game by thinking the racing isn't good the racing is good i just think that 
the, what the game is about, wrecking, is, is not as prevalent in the racing as I would like it to be. Um, I mean, it's just like I said, if you want to, if you want to see a bunch of crashes and stuff, you have to be in the pack. But if you're in the pack, you may end up having to redo missions over and over again because it's just the way it is. But uh, yeah, what else have I played? Anything? No, I don't think so. But uh, another annoying thing too is that if you are playing Wreckfest and you're just doing like a, a regular, not mission, but if you're just doing a custom race, in order to get XP, you have to continue out. You have to continue after you finish it. Instead of restarting, you won't get anything. Which is understandable, I guess. But the game's the game has not the greatest load times. They range anywhere from 20 to 35, 40 seconds. And I feel like they, they average out close to the 30, 35 range. And that is not great. But at the same time... I feel like the Forza games, I mean, maybe the Forza game just has that initial long load time, but I know the Forza games take a while to initially load out. I can't remember if once that happens, they're okay. I don't, I feel like Forza Motorsport 7 has pretty significant load times across the board. So this isn't something that is new to racing games. It's just something that, you know, even though it's not new, it's still not good regardless of how many games may have uh, long load times but um yeah talking to one friend about ps2 games that got me very nostalgic and i just want to play a bunch of ps2 games now and i wish there was some kind of analog equivalent uh, just i want a, a 1080p ps2 that looks super sharp that is basically doing for ps2 games what the xbox one x does for original Xbox games, which may, is make them look fucking incredible. I'm sure that's much harder because the, the Xbox One X is doing like, software emulation and stuff, and, and it's not working off of original hardware of any, in any way. So I don't know how that would work, if it could even work. But I would be a big fan of a way to play PS2 games in 1080p through HDMI, not having to deal with the HDCP of the 60 gig PS3, and I still don't think the games look all that great via that in my experience. So, yeah, it would be nice if there was some way to do that, but who knows if that'll ever happen. I, I, I know it'll never happen, but I think it'd be really cool if the official companies, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, re-released their old consoles themselves with... HD output. If they just release them, sell them at a premium, and uh, you know they're they're niche products, but sell them, you know, they'd be official. They would likely be. I mean, I I don't want to say they would likely be high quality because you look at the PlayStation Classic and then you say, what the hell is this shit? That's not high quality, and that's an official thing. Um, but ideally, they'd be of high quality, and uh, like it would go. It would be great for just in preservation which is you know, why this stuff is important emulation is important for em uh, preservation but so is hardware whatever I don't know what you would call it um, hardware continuation <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it 
in terms of what I've been playing and the news that stood out. I watched the Mandalorian trailer again. Damn, that that steak thing looks real good. And I want it in my brain right now. Uh, but yeah, that's good. I also, I finally signed up. Yeah, no, this is something I have to talk about because I've been waiting for this to happen for I don't know how many years. My friend John has heard me talk about this forever and just why I've been waiting on uh, joining the Disney movie club and it finally happened and I guess it happened a few weeks ago and I somehow didn't know it, it pissed me off that I did not realize for a few weeks that this is happening but what was recently added to the Disney movie club set of exclusive blu-rays is George of the fucking jungle you know what George of the Jungle is? It's an amazing movie starring Brendan Fraser. I saw it three times in the theater. It's the first movie I ever saw multiple times in the theater. Me and my dad saw it all three times together. We saw it, I think, once at our local theater. That was uh, the Norwich Theater, which I think it was the Lowe's back then. And then two times at the Morton Grove Second Run Theater, which has been gone for a very long time. I think it was a family-run theater and the, the owner retired and decided not to sell the theater or anything and so that that theater went away but i saw that movie three times in the theater i've seen it within the last six months i believe and it's just it's such a fun movie and it has a lot of fun making fun of itself it's very self-aware in good ways which is nice so i'm just super excited about that and i signed up for the disney movie club and the the movies i got so you get like if you use a promo code or you get a whatever referral stuff you get five for a dollar and then you have a commitment for three in the future so with my five right now i got what did i get i got holes the mighty ducks because mighty ducks is still good d2 is not good D2 is just excessive and noisy and not enjoyable whatsoever. And then I got uh, Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros. Um, I'm always <laughs> concerned that I get that title wrong, but I can't. I cannot wait to rewatch that. And then I got a Goofy movie and Cool Run-Ins, which is the other movie I've always talked about. Like that's the movie that's been available for a long time, and I've just been on and on about how badly I want that on Blu-ray and that I was just waiting for the reason to to sign up which was George of the Jungle and then I talked to chat because when you when you sign up and you get your your deals after you order you confirm your order they give you a 10 minute window to pick from a, a small selection of movies to add on to your order the first for 12 bucks that will count towards your commitment and then one for nine bucks I think and nothing in there was anything I wanted. But then I talked to chat and said, could you, after the fact, give me George of the Jungle as my additional movie? And they did it for me. And so I only have two commitments for the next two years and I'm getting George of the Jungle for 12 bucks. I'm so excited about all of this. And my only hope is that over the next two years, they add Angels in the Outfield to the list of Blu-ray exclusives uh, to DMC because I love that movie. I don't know if it would hold up, but I would want it. And also, if they do add blank check, fuck it, I don't <laughs> I can't imagine that I would like that now, but who the hell knows? And I don't care. I get that just because it's blank check. 
Yeah, I also like. There's two years for me to make up my mind and pick something. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm I'm finally a DMC member. You know, honey, the honey I shrunk the kids is a, a maybe. But uh, in addition to that too, because they finally put it back in stock, and I guess they took it out of stock because D23 was happening. But they uh, put back the D23 gold membership, the single person gold membership uh, to the the reward section so i got that and i can't wait to get my pin set because that pin set looks so fucking nice and i can't wait to get that um but yeah i think i'll probably order the mickey mouse poster thing too because i guess they're changing the way rewards works in a month or something and people are like oh i, I want to get my things before uh they change things then who knows how it's going to be because somebody was like 600 points away from a studio tour that I was talking to. I'm like, all right, cool. But yeah, learning about George of the Jungle last night just was the fucking biggest surprise. And like, oh my god, I, I was, I, I lost my shit. I, I could not take it when I found that out. And now I'm a DMC member, which is cool. Disney Movie Club, not Devil May Cry. But that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Vishnez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google, po- Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or Attack the Backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelatedsausage and watch them both there. If you'd like to check out the art I'm making, go over to pxsart.com. That is pxsart.com. If you see something you like, click the link, and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.